Hey everybody, it's the MPG Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Mosler. This week I got Teresa Coart, the Coart team. She owns all three uh, Remax Accents here in Savannah, as well as Motto Mortgage. I'm a co-owner. Co-owner. I think my partner would be upset if I didn't like. Uh, <laughs> sorry, co-owner of all three yes. Remaxes. Also co-owner of Mo- Mo- Motto? Motto Mortgage. Yes. Motto Mortgage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first question always is, it's always the same. Okay. How did you start? You're turning 18. What's the trajectory from then oh till right now? Okay. It can't be that long. How did I start real? Yeah, it is that long. <laughs> um, I started real estate in uh, 2005. I was kind of at a pinnacle in my life where I was um, just gone through a divorce and my I had worked for Hershey Chocolate here locally as their um, HR director and they had, were closing the, they had closed the plant. I owned a tanning salon. I was bored out of my mind. I was doing human resource consulting. All the jobs that uh, I used to hire out to other people because I didn't want to do them. I was now doing for other people. And I was um, driving down Abercorn and praying. (laughs) God, I know that there's more that you want me to accomplish in my life than what I'm doing right now. Like, I don't feel very accomplished. I don't feel like I'm helping people or giving back. I... I, I, I just know there's more that I'm supposed to be doing more. Like if you will show me, I will, go, I will do it. I will do it. I missed my turn and I ended up on Stevenson because I was actually going to TJ Maxx. <laughs> um, ended up on Stevenson and kind of looked up from the red light and there's a real estate company there and there was a sign that said real estate classes were starting the next day. And I pulled in and I signed up. And then I called my mom and said, please tell me you can watch my children every Monday and Wednesday night from 6 to 10. <laughs> but um, anyway, that's how I started. And then I, I uh, had a friend who worked at Remax and um, started there. Didn't realize, you know, that that was a big bite to, to, you know, bite off right off the bat. But I did and um, never lo- really looked back. So I read in your um, biography that you started first two years by yourself. Yeah, yeah. So you were just, what, just being the path? Yeah. All alone? Yeah. Where you were working out of your house? Had, had, well, I went to the office every day because I'm a girl that needs to go to the office. But um, had really no idea what to do because the thing that they don't teach you in real estate school is what to do once you get your license. Like I say that all the time. I need to have a class that says I have my license. Now what? <laughs> um, because nobody knows what to do. And um, especially back then because we didn't have the luxury of... Um, you know, the internet, the way that we do now right. in 2005, it just wasn't as, as prevalent. And I, <laughs> it's going to sound so old school. I literally would get my address book out and my phone book out. And I would just look to see who do I know? Who do I know? Who do I know? And I would call people and say, Hey, you know, anybody wants to buy or sell real estate? Like really old school stuff. Um, but I knew a lot of people. My kids were cheerleaders and, and, uh, very, you know, active in our community in that way Owned the tanning salon. So I didn't know a lot of people. So you just tapped into that network? I did. And I had a friend who um, gave me like leads that he didn't have time to work. Okay. Um, and so I would take, we called them, you know, yeah, it, whatever. They they weren't the best leads, but okay. I would take them and just do whatever I could with them um, just to make, and, and it worked. And I was too new and dumb to know any different. Like I was so excited about everything. Like every lead that I had was the best lead ever. You know, I was just going with it. So, um it was a fun time. I had a great time, and I did really well the first year. 
Um, and the second year, I made more money than I ever made for, in corporate America. Um, and I had a really good job. So um, <laughs> it was just like, wow. That I mean, it was a whole different experience. And uh, what happened, though, was I'm a driver and a achiever. And the more you give me, the more I will push through it and, and, and do more, do more, do more and be more and try to make everybody happy. And, um, I got to the point where I was really tired after a couple of years and my children were younger and they didn't see me as much. And, you know, we had all these cheerleading competitions that we had to go to and I can still tell you how bitter I was. And in 2007, when I had to split money with somebody because I had to go to battle under the big top in December and I, I had to have somebody help me. You know, and I had to give them money to help me. But um, I realized then that I probably needed to have a buyer's agent or an assistant or, you know, something. And I started researching how you do that. You know, how does that work? What does that model look like? Right. And um, anyway, that's how, that's kind of how it started. Um I hired a part-time assistant, then she became full-time, and then I realized how cool that was um, <laughs> to have somebody help you and not try to do everything yourself and not be up at midnight trying to make marketing material. Um, and then I had somebody approach me about being my, a buyer's agent for me. Again, super-duper scary, um, but did it because I was working with the builder and had a lot of that going on as well. And uh, needed somebody to sit on site because I didn't have time to do that too. And anyway, it was a it was a great, it was just great. Like that's it. It just started that way, and then the momentum started building, and I realized that I really liked it. I liked having a team, and I liked being able to touch more people, and I liked taking brand new agents, especially, and bringing them in and showing them how to do this. And how they could be successful and changing their lives as well. When, so if you, you hired your first person in 2007 then. Yeah, thereabouts. Mm -hmm. So like you just hire somebody and then bam, race, recession. Was that like, did you see a decrease in your momentum? No. Or were you able to just like push right through it? No problem. No, because so many agents fell out of the market. Um, I had no idea. Number one, I had I came in at the end of the hype. Yeah. So yes, I made money, but I wasn't one of the agents that was had built up that momentum that they were killing it. Right. So I was fortunate to be able to have business and do things, but I wasn't making the kind of money that some agents were making anyway. So and I'm frugal. Okay. So um at the same time, I was going upward when other people were coming down or people were getting scared. They weren't making the kind of money they were making previously and they had overextended themselves and they had to go get real jobs. Okay. I got and um, I had not put myself there because I've, you know, been in situations before where I had to be, I had to rely on savings or whatever. Right. So um, I knew better than to to count my chickens before they were hatched or, or count your paycheck before you actually have it. Right. Um, so I, I didn't have any of those fears. I also have really strong, um, I don't worry. I, I have faith in myself. I have faith in 
people that work for me have faith in God. I don't worry about stuff. I just feel like that if I work hard and do the right thing consistently, everything is going to be okay. And I know that sounds Pollyanna-ish, <laughs> but it has worked for me so far. <laughs> Where do you think that comes from? Is that something you were like born with or raised with? or? I developed? think that my grandmother told me when I was little that I could be or do anything that I ever wanted to do as long as I believed that I could and I worked hard. And um, I watched her work really hard her whole life. And so... Um, that has just been my persona my whole life. It's like nobody tell me that I cannot do it and watch me do it. Like that is exactly what will happen. And that's the way I've raised my girls too. It's been very important to me that I was a good role model for them. I, I noticed in your biography you talked about your kids quite a bit. They're like a big part of your... They are. I have three girls. So imagine trying to sell real estate and being busy like that and having three daughters like... It was crazy town at my house all the time. And they're all, they were very busy and very involved in sports and, and, um, and the girly girls and, you know, parties and whatever, whatever. So, um, it was like, there are times when I thought, Lord God, if you can just help me get to the bed at some point today, that would be good. You know, I would be wishing for Sunday afternoon because I thought I was going to break and it was only Tuesday. (laughs) 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 You know, you just do what you got to do. You know, you just, you do what you got to do to, to, again, consistently do the right thing for the people in your life. But I did overextend myself and I did realize that I had to have some help. And so that's when, once you hired that person where you were able to like pull back, did things get like realigned a little bit better? It was better. And then I just realized that (laughs) bringing other people on, I just created more business for myself. (laughs) And then it was like, oh crap, now I just have more business. So I had to hire more people. And it became like this, this, ball rolling downhill that was just gathering you know more moss or whatever and um about that time in 2009 or 10 I I met Boomtown in um in Vegas at a rematch convention and um got their CRM that helped tremendously just to keep track of everything and then the next year I got into coaching okay and um that was at that point, I think by then I had probably four buyer's agents and um, an assistant and a half because <laughs> <laughs> a part-time person. And then um, we uh, we joined the coaching and, and that was so beneficial for me just because I didn't have to recreate every wheel. You know, the, the, the whole group of people they share and um, you don't have to recreate a job description for this because somebody else has it. You just ask for it right. and somebody has it. Um, but I also have somebody holding me accountable, which besides my grandmother, I'm not sure anybody ever has. <laughs> um, so it was, um, it was, and I have the same coach that I started with. So I, uh, she holds me very accountable. She keeps my feet to the fire. And you said, what year did you get the coach? I think it was like, what year is this? It was like 2011 ish, somewhere in there. Was it, um, I'm guessing it was an investment. Right, like. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> so was it was that like scary? heart palpations, investment. <laughs> um, yes, it was super scary. They called me out of the blue and talked to me about it. And of course, by then I had learned my lesson that you don't ever buy things on the spur of the moment because nobody can make you number three on Google, um, and everybody says they can. So I had learned my lesson by buying things that never worked, and so I just kind of always had the same spiel. You know, send me your references. Um, I've got to, uh, think about it overnight, um, you know, pray about it, whatever, whatever, and then call me 
tomorrow, basically. And most of them never do, quite frankly. So I gave this guy the spiel, and he just said, that's, and I told him I was having a bad day. I remember I was having like one of those crazy days, and I was just like, you called me on the wrong day because this is not a good day to talk to me about selling anything. And uh, at the end, he said, you know, before we get off the phone, let, you know, you said you got to pray about it. Let's just pray right now. And I was like, wow, okay. Dang. So he, and he no longer works for Tom, but I still follow him on his Instagram. But he, um, he said a little really quick prayer. And I was actually going to Charleston to Boomtown to their Unite. And um, Tom was one of the speakers. So I went up and, and talked to him at the conference the next day, and I, I called him back and said, okay, I'll sign up. And, and it was definitely worth the investment. Yeah, investing. oh my gosh, yeah. And I, you know, you think about, I think about how much money I spend with them every year, and then I think about all the referrals that, came, that come in every year, and I'm in, the, I'm in the black. Like, even with all the traveling that I do with them and stuff, I'm still in the black. So um, the value is there. Like, for anybody who is interested in coaching, no matter who you use, the value's there. I think it's interesting because I've been thinking about, like, doing a coach. Mm -hmm. But like you said, it's, like, scary to sign mm -hmm. that big check, especially when you're relatively new, right? Yeah. Like, and I didn't, I didn't go in with, like, the bottom ring. Like, at the, t the top then was um, Elite, and it was $999 a month. And I said... <sighs> And, of course, I pay a lot more than that now because I'm a team plus. But I, I also get a lot more out of it. You know, like a case in point, yesterday I have a girl that's leaving my team um, because she's moving to Boston. Yeah. Her children, her adult children live in Boston. And um, she, you know, she was in my office and we were kind of doing the debriefing. Um, she's an agent. And I said, do you need a, do you need a referral to work in Boston? And um, she said, do you? really? You would do that? I said, yes. Yeah. So I picked up my phone. I called my friend Lisa that works in Boston. And I said, do you need an agent on your team? And I said, she said, is she on your team? And I said, she absolutely is. And she's amazing. And she said, yes, I do. Tell her to come see me. Dang. So she starts her on Monday. Like that's what, that's what that group of people does though. You know, we, we take care of each other. So I, I enjoy that. And I also enjoy the fact that I can like get on face or the Facebook group and say, how do you do this? Or how do you handle this? Or have you ever come across this? And somebody, you know, will jump right in and say, yeah, here's what I've experienced. Not to like boost your ego, but tell me that doesn't feel good when you call another agent. They're like, are they on your team? And you're like, yes, they are. And they're like, well, we want them. Yes. <laughs> but if she called me, I would say the same thing to her Okay. because I know that we're like-minded mm -hmm. and that we have similar teams. And okay. that her culture is much the same as mine. Her systems are much the same as mine. Like Grace will be able to walk right in and, and won't have a, a huge learning curve. You know, she'll have to know the area and, and that kind of thing, but she won't have a huge learning curve. Um, and the same thing if, if Lisa sent somebody here. There wouldn't be a huge learning curve. Is that like how all the Remaxes are? Or is that just like... this? She's not Remax. Oh, she's not? Mm -mm. Oh, okay. I thought she was. No, because okay. with Tom Ferry, they're not Remax. I mean, they're, it's oh, everybody. Oh, Tom Ferry. Okay, yeah, it's everybody. Okay, okay, I mean, okay. it does work the same with a lot of Remaxes as well. Yeah. But um, she's not Remax. She owns an independent. That's pretty cool. She used to be KW before she went independent. Yeah. Really? I don't care if you're purple or pink polka dots. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah if yeah, you've yeah, got yeah. a great team and you run a good business, that's all I need. Right. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I have friends all over the country. My marketing girl moved to Dallas and I got her a job as well. Like that's important to me to take care of my people. 
Right. You know, whether they're here or they leave or whatever, just because you leave the team doesn't mean you leave my heart. Right. So I still want to take care of you, you know, if I can. Um, sometimes I can't. I mean, sometimes I don't know where well, some people go weird places, you know. <laughs> I don't know anybody there. You right. Know? Yeah. And then there was one girl that moved to South Florida and I got I got her with a team and she called me and she after about a month and she said, I know you said she's part of Tom Ferry and I know you, she said, but <laughs> I, I'm not sure she has the same philosophy that that you do <laughs> you know, <laughs> about working. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, you do you go wherever you want. You right. know, I was just trying to help you get started down there. So, I mean, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Right. But at least I tried. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to judge, right? Like most of the mm-hmm. people I'm guessing you're meeting through Tom Ferry is just over the internet. No, no, no. We go to conferences. We know each other personally. Oh my gosh. Lisa's from Boston. She hates to be hugged. Oh. It is my mission in life to change her. I hug her every single time I see her. Like big, huge Georgia bear hugs. And she still is like not. Oh, she, she's okay with it now. Oh, okay. She's getting used to it. She just kind of clenches up when, I, when she sees me and she gets ready for it. Okay. <laughs> so. so how many conferences do you do a year then? Well, not that many this year. Right. But typically there are, there's um, one in January and then one in August. And then there are two that are just Team Plus. Um, that I definitely go to and, um, the first two are in California and then the other two, they do like East coast, West coast. Um, and they just try to pick somewhere cool to do them. Um, and then there are regional ones, uh, that I send my agents to that are either marketing or sales or whatever. And I'll send them to, and sometimes I go and sometimes I don't because sometimes they ask me to be on stage and sometimes they don't. Right. You know, it just depends on my schedule because believe it or not, I do need to be here and sell real estate. <laughs> <laughs> I saw on your thing, you still do listings and everything, right? I do. I don't do as many because I try not to compete against my team members. Right. Yeah. Um, but if somebody wants me, then I'll go. Or if it's a friend or, or family member or something like that, I go. Or if it's somebody, you know, you know there are certain people you just want to go. But I don't, I, if you don't know me and, and, and it's not important to you that it's not me that goes. Right. Then I don't. Do you feel like it's created any challenges for you, like naming the business, like Teresa Covert team? There are times when I wish that I had not done that, but you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. <laughs> um, but uh, it has also helped me in the fact that my name is on it. Yeah. So it's super important to me that things are done a certain way. I'm not a micromanager, but everybody knows that there are non-negotiables in our in our world and um i tell everybody when i hire you that i can teach you real estate but i cannot teach you how to have how to have the right heart and if you don't have the right heart you cannot work here so you know if it comes down to a 500 dollars home warranty then we're going to pay the 500 dollars home warranty and the client's going to get their home you know or whatever not that i try to give away money but at the same time um you know you, you have to do the right thing right. you have to do the right thing consistently so what does it mean then like to you to have the right heart? Like what's it, your perfect candidate? I guess that's maybe a better question. Oh, I don't know what my perfect. Um, well, I have a disc, so I do know what their personality type is, what works and what, and what, um, job, job, uh, that I have open. But, um, the right heart means that you have, um, the heart of a servant in that you, 
that you want to help people. Like our the my logo is a starfish, and it's because of the starfish story. Do you know that story? I don't know. That story. Okay, so there's different versions, but basically, there's a grandfather and a little boy, and they're on the beach, and it's littered with starfish. And the little boy starts picking the starfish up and throwing them back in the water. And the grandfather says, "What are you doing? You're wasting your time. There's too many. You can't make a difference." And the little boy picks up the starfish and looks at it and says, well, I made a difference to this one. And he throws it back in the water. And that's how I feel about real estate. I'm not going to help everybody. But the people that we do touch and that we help, we're going to make a difference to them. So consistently, we're going to do the right thing. That's what it means to me to have the right heart. Like you have to come in there with no drama, no negativity, and you have to want to make a difference in people's lives. You have to want to do the right thing. Do you guys do any kind of like um, team charity or anything like that? Too? We do. We do. Well, we have a, there are different people on the team that do different things. Okay. Um, and then we support them. Like Matthew has a um, a uh, urban ministry downtown that he does. And, and we help him with the food bank. And we help him with like they just did the coat drive. Um, so we all help him with that. Um, and then we do Alzheimer's. Because my grandmother had that. So we, we support that. Um, but I actually, um, and I'm on, I mean, there's so many different little things that we do. But um, I actually um, am a big proponent of SD Gunner. And that is, uh, they do therapy, dogs, and um, uh, what's the other word for them? Service dogs. Oh, service dogs. I was yeah, like, yeah. what's the other word? I, like, I have it, no yeah. idea. They're <laughs> service dogs for um, PTSD soldiers. Okay. And um, veterans and for um, autistic children and special needs children. So I met Brittany, I don't know, a couple years ago and got involved with them. First, just buying vests. Some people on the team were buying the vests that the dogs wear and contributing the money for that. And then um, we're the title sponsor for them this year and for next year. So... It's a big deal. Like, we, we enjoy being able to give back to our veterans. And, and, of course, children are a special thing for me. And and um, we do a give back every month. Like, right now we're having a Halloween costume. And uh, everybody's, like, putting their Halloween, their photos of their children or dogs or, or them. There's different age groups. And then they'll, there's, like, a drawing at the end. It's not even a drawing. It's a contest. It's based on likes. I have to get my rules right in my head. <laughs> and then we... Um, we give them like a, a basket full of goodies and then it has a hundred dollar gift card in for every category. Okay. Last year we did, um, well we did it this year too, a teacher give back. It wasn't, a, it's harder to do this year since, yeah. you know, yeah. half the schools aren't in, but we did a, um, a teacher give back where I sponsored 20 teachers for the year and my, my whole office looked like Amazon exploded because <laughs> they sent me their wish list and then we ordered all this stuff and then we delivered it all. And so, um, I bet you they're completely blown away. Yeah, it was it, but it. Gosh, it feels so good. Yeah, you know, it's like I am so blessed that it is so amazing to be able to give back to people. So every month we do some sort of give back, um, in some way. Um, usually, you know, something small, Father's Day, Mother's Day. We do a scholarship every year at the end of the year for a high school student um, that's going to college. Um, they have to kind of submit, or they can be nominated by somebody. And this year. Um, the girl who won lived on Wilmington Island and her father had passed in January and then COVID hit and she couldn't go to prom and she couldn't, you know, all these things happened and it broke my heart. So great, amazing entry and she totally deserved it and had no idea she was getting it. Her mama totally surprised her and brought her in there. And of course we got it on film and everything. So it was cool. So those things make my heart happy. Right. At this point in my life, it is about 
leaving a legacy. You know, when when you come to my funeral, um, I hope that everybody has a great time, number one. <laughs> but I hope that people don't say, oh, my gosh, you have such an amazing real estate agent. You know, I hope they say, she's, a, she's an amazing person. Look at her amazing kids. Look at her amazing team. Look at all these people, you know, all these lives that she touched. Have you always thought that way? Like, I mean, is that something you've pivoted to recently or like was it always kind of about legacy? No. Early, I was working my ass off. (laughs) (laughs) I was just trying to pay the bills, you know, get these kids through college, you know. No. I mean, I think everybody goes through phases in their life, you know. And and I've always tried to be a good person. I'm not saying that. But, you know, I'm 55. So when you get to this point in my life, you're just like, I need to slow down and enjoy my grandchildren a little bit more or spend more time with my kids or, you know, try to really, it's really happened in the last probably 10 years that I've started thinking about, um, you know, what I need, how I want to leave life, you know, and for lack of a better term, you know, that I want to, I've always been a good person. I've always done the right thing. I've always worked really hard, but maybe sometimes I work too hard and maybe I should have been, you know, out playing in the dirt with my kids. I don't know. So. I think that that's something that a lot of like uh, professional people struggle with. Because well, I've had this conversation at least three times on this podcast mm-hmm. about work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Oh, I suck at that. Yeah, it's tough. I do. Yeah, I feel bad for I mean, shout yeah. out to my wife. She's great. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I, I'm really bad at it. And I'm, I'm still kind of bad at it. Um, but, I mean, my kids are all grown now. My youngest one's 21. And, um. And you have great relationships with all of them. Oh I'm my guessing. gosh, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. I mean, like it must have not been. They obviously knew they were loved, and well, because I told them all the time, and we <laughs> we had a deal early on with my younger two because I think by the time I really got super duper busy, my oldest one was going to college. Okay, because she's, she's ten years older than the middle one, and but my younger two were younger, and um, so we had like a deal like. Because they would, you know, the phone would ring and they'd be like, don't answer it. Don't, oh gosh, answer it again. Because they, you know, be trying to talk to me or whatever. <laughs> and um, so I finally just said one day, I said, look, here's the deal. This is mommy's work. And it's not nine to five like everybody else. And yes, I know our life is not normal. Our life is not normal because we're cheerleading practice at 10 o'clock at night sometimes. But our life is also not normal because my phone rings all the time. And I talk business at home and I don't get to leave work like other people just leave work and they're done. Um, but closings, you know, contracts and closings equal commissions. Commissions equal college for you. So it's important. So you have to be on my team. Like you, we, have, we have to come to, and they were young, you know, probably in elementary school. And they didn't understand college. And could care less about college when they were like nine and seven. They didn't care. So then it became commissions equal clothes or cheer or whatever. And it was like, then the the light bulb went off. Every time I have a closing, we will go to the outlet and buy clothes. Or we will buy this. or we will, And then that became a bigger deal. So then it was, they were holding me accountable. Do you have right. a closing this week? <laughs> you know, are we going to get new tennis shoes? Are we going to, you know, so then it became easier for them to break it down into that, you know, little minds don't understand. Right. So, but then it became 
more real to them and it became easier for them to understand that I'm working for this. Like, there's a reason why I'm doing it. Not just because I don't want to spend time with you doing your algebra, even though I don't want to spend time with you doing your algebra. You know? <laughs> yeah, I understand. Thankfully, by the time we got to algebra, I could afford a tutor. <laughs> <laughs> so having your kids kind of be like a little bit older, I bet made it a little easier because you didn't need like a babysitter all right. the time. Oh, yeah. Or I drug them with me. You know, yeah. I have I have tons of stories. We could be here all day. <laughs> Especially my youngest one because that one is, she's a little bit like me at that age, I guess. Yeah, please sit in the car, do your homework, be quiet. I'm only running in here to get this, this you know, signed. I'll be right back. The door will be open. Do you see that lady standing there? I'm going to be right back. And the next thing I know, the sunroof's open, and there's like, boom, 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 boom. Oh, you know, and she's standing out of it. And you're like, Lord God, help me. I don't know that kid. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Thankfully, I have great, great clients. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, there's, you know, I've been, I enjoy real estate. I love it. Like, I don't think you can do it if you don't love it. Yeah, it's tough. We've had that conversation too. Like if you are um, into it for the wrong reasons, it becomes apparent very quickly. Mm-hmm. I've had that. And I've had people on my team that have come that they think they love it until they actually are doing it. And then they're like, oh my gosh, these people are, are too needy or these people are this or they're mean or the, you know, whatever. And, you know, we do a lot of training, a lot of headset training and a lot of, you know, training on how you do things as well. But um, a lot of it is is how you approach people. You know, um, I have all these little, my children can recite them as well because I've said them to them all their life. But I have a lot of little quotes that I will remind people all the time, you know, conflict arises when expectations differ. Right. Like make sure that everybody knows what the expectations are going in so that when they come back to you and say, my house has been on the market for a week and it's not under contract yet. You can say, now wait. Remember when we talked about in the beginning, probably not going to go under contract in a week. <laughs> you know, you know, whatever the, whatever it is. But if you, if you're honest with people and tell them up front, then they don't get upset with you when their perception doesn't become reality. Right. Um, so, but, you know, and Different people you have to talk to different ways. You know, it's, you can talk to a super amiable person one way and they're happy and they love you. And I'm a driver, so I can't talk to an amiable person the way that I would talk to another driver. It doesn't work. They'll be in a ball over there and they'll hate me and they'll be crying and telling everybody how mean I am. Likewise, analytical people want all the data. They drive me absolutely insane. <laughs> Like, thank God I got people on my team who can provide the data. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't want to do all the data. Um, And, you know, the the eyes, the high eyes talk your ears off. And, you know, so everybody, I try to, you have to know who you're talking to. And so we do training on that even. Like, know who your client is. Know how to talk to your client. Because ultimately, it's important that you communicate with them the way they want to be communicated with. Right. Yeah. It's all about them. It's not about us. And when they feel comfortable, that's when they're more willing to, uh, you know, yeah, use you, um, right? Work yeah. with you, whatever. Yeah. Well, you, and you, if you're like a soft person and you come in all high strung, right? Like, right. Yeah, they're yeah. not going to respond well to that. Yeah. And people do business with people they like and trust. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter because if two people are in the same room and we have the same credentials, but they like and trust me and they don't like and trust you, I'm gunning. I'm winning every time. Right. I think this is like a great little segue into something that's kind of been reoccurring, which is... 
for real estate agents, this question seems a little bit more irrelevant, but um, okay. internet's changing the whole industry. Mm-hmm. Zillow's changing the whole industry. Yeah. What's, what's the, uh, I think that the thing that the internet would have a hard time replacing is the relationship aspect like you're talking about, right? Managing yes. people's expectations, whatever. But what do you think the future of it looks like over the course of five, 10 years with the way everything's going? Gosh, who knows? Like I try to stay on top of that. A lot of, I mean, being in coaching helps that. And I'm, I pay Zillow every month. Like, you know, it's, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I, I love my Zillow rep and I pay them every single month because they have a value. They provide a valuable service for me. But, um, I, you know, there's lots of different, the I buyers. I mean, I had a call yesterday from a company that, that for people with questionable credit, they will buy the house for them, close on the house, and then the buyer buys it from them within a year. They get their credit. Yeah. So, I mean, there's all these different players. That seems really risky for I, them. For them, yeah. yeah but I guess crazy. they own the house. They can sell it again. You know. And for me, it's a not risky at all because right. my people who have questionable credit could go to them. And then if they can't buy it, I can sell the house in a year. You know, whatever. Yeah. But... I don't know if I want to be in that or not. I have to research it some more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but I, I, just as an example, there's so many different ways to sell real estate now. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, you know, we didn't have as many for sale by owners before we had Zillow and the internet and all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, you can Google how to write a contract. You know, you, I mean, there's, oh, yeah. we there's printed all, our contract yeah, I mean, Google. there's yeah. all kind of stuff. So, um, I, I think that, um, the value, the real value of having a, a trusted real estate agent is when there's stuff wrong. Right. Yeah. That's when you're like, oh gosh, I need an agent. I need, you know, but then it's too late if you've already signed a contract to have, to be represented. So, um, I think there's always going to be a need for a human being to be involved. Um, I hope so anyway, but I'm trying to stay abreast of everything and just roll with it. And uh, not worry about it, like because that's all you could do. Like the like who who's gonna fight Zillow? I mean, I see people online all the time, like you know, revolting. Around. How are you gonna fight Zillow? Me and George were talking. Uh, George, yeah, Meyer, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about what the MLS could do because really, it's it's maybe more of a risk to the MLS than it is to your everyday agent, right? Yes, but they all have to agree. Yes, that would be the problem. Is like if one MLS just didn't do it, and then the it, federal government is going to get involved, most likely. Yeah. And then it yes, becomes a real know. problem. They should have never let them in to begin with, if that's what they really. But who knew? You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, because did you see Zillow's list houses now? Mm-hmm. In the major markets, they're starting to list all their own houses. Yes, I have friends in Arizona, and they were the first test market. Were they getting hammered? You know what? They don't seem they. <sighs> They've actually gotten some of the listings from Zillow now because Zillow has decided that, um, and I don't work for Zillow, so I can't really. Right. It seems like they've decided that they don't really want to be on that side of it, so they will list it with agents. But, of course, it's a lower commission than, you know, there's a referral on everything. And that seems to be the way that they want to start going now is this referral-based where you're just paying a referral on everything. In fact, you know, we talked about it too, but Savannah doesn't appear to be a market they want to do that in right now. Thank God. Yeah, well, it's but, a secondary market, right? Right. Like, but Atlanta, they they're already doing uh, it yeah. there. You know, so in Jacksonville, my friend um, DJ's doing it down there. So I mean, it, it's all around us. Yeah. Really? Well, that's pretty close. Yeah. 
they're doing it. They started a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on that um, you just have to you just have to stay abreast. You have like that's my one of my main things that I do now is just to stay focused on what's happening in my world so that I can make sure that my team is taken care of because I feel like that's where a lot of people are falling short is they have no idea. You know, they put stick their head in the sand and they don't think that anything's, you know, yeah, life is changing people. Yeah. You better change with it. Yeah. Yeah. That used to be my favorite saying in HR world was the only thing constant is change, you know, and it's like, (laughs) Lord, I've totally picked the right career because this is a, everything changes all the time. Yeah, and I almost feel like real estate got left behind there for a minute, but now it's changing rapidly, right? Because it's catching up. All the time. All the time. And there's, like I said, there's so many different players, you know, all these iBuyers and all the, I mean, it's just, it's hard to keep up with them all. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a company that, that you can sign up with and they have lot boxes on doors and you then just open the doors for you. You just, it's all satellite, just open the door. You know, and it, it's like, not, it's vacant homes or whatever, you yeah. know, but it's just like Rently is for the rental market. If it's a vacant home, you could put a Rently box on it. It's all, you know, through the internet. Okay, they get got, a copy yeah, of your yeah, driver's yeah. license and, you know, whatever. But, um, what's that? Open doors. Open door. I think is what it's called. Very prevalent in, um, on the West Coast. Really prevalent. But then there's also all these other players that they thought were going to be huge and wipe us all out. You know, Redfin. Um, Purple Bricks, uh, some of those other guys on the West Coast that, you know, kind of died out a little bit. So, do you think that's Redfin my was opinion. ever as big that's as Zillow, though? Was huh? Red, in your opinion, because I wasn't really here for the wet Redfin wave, but I hear that yeah. from people that have been in the They've never for a been while. as big as Zillow. Okay, no. yeah. I was going to ask, like, no. And they're still around. Like, I mean, they're, there's a, they're just different models. It's just like, you know, I'm an owner of Remax, but, the Remax model doesn't work for everybody, you know. So now there's all these other companies that, you know, like, I don't want to use a lot of names, but, you know, there was this company that came through and they were all the rage and everybody jumped on that bandwagon and then another company went through and they were new and they were all the rage and everybody was jumping over there. And so, you know, the newest, shiniest penny is not always the best penny, right. you know, but, but there's always going to be, be people that want to do that. Remax has been in America for a long time too, right? Like a hundred years or something. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm serious. Like it's it's old, isn't it? Like Remax, like it's the been brand around for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. Remax here. I just mean Remax. Period. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Our ours has been around for a long time too, okay. though, because <laughs> we bought it in 2013 from the owners who opened it, and um, yeah, we did cheers to 25 years a couple years ago. So. Did you uh, when you when you guys bought it you and your partners did you was there only one location or was there three when you bought it No there was one So then you've opened two since then We opened the Puller location and then we opened the Savannah location and then we opened Motto Which what was the deal with Motto How'd you get into that uh, It was something that it was a product that Remax was actually selling that kind of went hand in hand with um, um, real estate you know just having your own mortgage company seemed to and and quite frankly i know enough to be dangerous i don't i don't dabble in that side at all i one of my partners is that's his baby so he does that he's very analytical I got so it. he does that part but um how many people are on the motto team uh just two okay yeah there's just two of them because pretty much everything is away 
like it's done remotely. So um, there, there's only two local. So they, they send everything off. But, I mean, they're doing great. And the rates are amazing. Like, if you, anybody needs to buy a house or refinance a house, you need to do it. <laughs> yeah, right now's the time. And the other side of that is, no matter what political affiliation you are, if you want to buy a house, you need to buy it. Like, before the election and lock in. Because the election will change the rates for sure. Because the fear will be gone. That's my opinion. You think so? The fear will be gone. No matter what party you're on. Because right now, there's lots of people that are kind of, oh, what if, what if, what yeah, if. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the what if will be gone. Do you think, because um, I know that the Fed had signaled that they're not going to raise interest rates for a couple of years, which I know that they're not I'm not saying significantly. Correlated. I don't think they're going to go to 15. Okay. You I know, know yeah, but yeah, yeah. It, they're still not going to keep or going down, 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 down. Yeah. Like, I refinanced everything I had this year. Had to. Made, made no I sense didn't have to, to, but I would definitely was going right, to. Yeah, like it made no sense not to. Yeah, even yeah. my investment properties, it was like, that's crazy town. Like, yeah. How many investments do you own? Four. Four? Mm-hmm. Um, all buying holds, rentals? Um, well, I have my first home. I kept, I kept it because my children didn't want me to sell it, which is crazy. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it pays for itself. It's fine. And, and um, actually, it's almost paid for, so it's fine. And then I have the home that I live in, and then I have two rental properties. And I'm actually under contract to buy a um, a venue. Really? A wedding venue, yep. That's exciting. Are you excited? Mm-hmm. Are you going to start, are you going to rent the space out to somebody who does weddings or are you just going to run it yourself? Um, my middle daughter is marketing and uh, she works for a lender mm-hmm. and she feels like that she's going to have the time to help me do that. And then I have a girl that I've hired that has that kind of um, experience. Okay. Um, And she's going to basically run it because I like real estate. Right, yeah. (laughs) But um, my goal in doing that is to be able to use it for charity. Okay. Like, I I need it to pay for itself. Right, yeah. You know, with the weddings and the events and things like that. But I also want to be able to give it to charities to use it for whatever reason. For, you know, I want to be able to, like... I've already had somebody ask me, could they use it for a, um, a run? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, absolutely. Like, as long as you guys sign a release. <laughs> <laughs> you do whatever you want. <laughs> Don't tear up anything and sign the release. Right. <laughs> but, um, so I'm excited about it. But at the same time, I don't own it yet. So, you know, cautiously, cautiously optimistic. I, know, I mean, it's been approved and all that jazz. But just kind of waiting now for the appraisal to come back. Something I've learned in this industry is it's not over till it's over. Right? Absolutely. Like, till you I've put that check in the bank and it clears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't count your money till you got it. Uh, yeah. That's I, the absolute truth. So are you then going to continue to expand your investment portfolio or like, because I mean, that's really not, I mean, it's a real estate investment because it's mm-hmm. a piece of real estate, right? But it's more of a business that you're buying, right? Yeah. That one, that one is. So I bought another investment property this year. Um, I've been trying to buy one like every other year and, and not necessarily finance them, just save the money, buy them. Yeah. Um, so that I could have mailbox money Yep. so that at some point, you know, between coaching and, um, and the, and the investment properties that, you know, I can kind of slow down a little bit. Because at some point, you know, I'm probably not going to want to work as hard as I am. You know, everybody says, when are you going to retire? When I get ready. Right. (laughs) And I don't know when that is. Like, when I decide that it's time to retire, 
you know, I'll hand the reins over to somebody and retire. I mean, look at Warren or Buffett. Or back down or whatever. But I don't feel the need to do that anytime soon. Right. I mean, if you love what you do, it's not really like working anyway, right? No, that's exactly right. That's another one of my things. If you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Right. And that's how I feel about it. I love what I do. I don't mind talking about real estate ever. I mean, look at Warren Buffett. Yeah. He's like in his 80s and yeah. he has no, he loves it. I feel it. like that if I didn't get up and go to work, that I would be bored to death. Yeah. Like sometimes boring. on Saturdays or, or a day when I don't have a lot to do, this past, was it Sunday? Like Sunday afternoon, I was like, where is everybody? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I just kind of ended up going into my home office and messing around for a while and then messing around on my garage. But I was just like, I'm not used to this quietness. This is not working for me. <laughs> <laughs> do you, um, this is kind of a personal question, I guess, but you mm -hmm. had, you mentioned your faith a couple times. Mm -hmm. So are you're, you're, uh, do you attend church here? In Savannah, yes. In Savannah? Mm -hmm. Do you mind if I I'm, ask I'm which one? a Savannah Christian. Oh, Savannah Christian. Yeah. I'm Baptist by birth. <laughs> Wait, Compassion Christian or Savannah mm. Christian? It'll always be Savannah Christian to me. Okay, Compassion. I was wondering. Oh, we go to Compassion too. That's why yeah. I asked. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. You yeah. guys go to Henderson? Yes. Really? Yes. Yeah, we do too. Yeah. We volunteer yeah. there every week. Yep. Well, I'm not going to tell you I'm there every week. No, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we're not there every week. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm not going. I'm not even going to pretend like I'm there all the time. But um, I I give it an effort. <laughs> <laughs> it's I've a great. I've kind of been happy about being able to watch it from home, or listen to it from home. You know. Right. And uh, like, be involved I'm, in that. I'm not there, and neither is anybody else. Right, exactly. So there was no guilt associated with that. <laughs> right. But um, my my grandchildren go there. You know, we we actually started going there when they were on Tibet. Really, I don't mm. meet a lot of people that say that, but yep. I've heard, I've met a couple. Yep. Where the church is now, I used we used to swim in that lake with all those gators. Yes, um, and there was nothing there. It was owned by, I want to say International Paper, but the singles Bible study, we would go out there every once in a while and like, you know, have a picnic and kind of hang out. And there's a picture of my oldest daughter on a float in that lake. Dang. Yeah. I didn't know that they had and met. I didn't know there was like any association with that. They had bought it, but they hadn't closed on it yet. I think at that point, the land or whatever. And there was, it wasn't a long period of time that that happened, but, um, very interesting. I actually bought the property. My first house is on from the same guy. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> but whatever. Kind of off topic, but like how big was that church then when you were going there? Well, the church is still there on, um, it's on, uh, Tibet. I don't know which, what they call it now though, but it's still there. Um, if you're going down to bed, it's like on the left-hand side and it's the one closest to Largo. But I don't know. There's like apartments beside it or, or townhouses beside it. I don't know what it is now, yeah. but not nearly as big as it is now, for sure. For sure. Like it was a it was then a decent size, but not nearly as big. That was another situation where I just moved to Savannah and everybody was telling me to go to go to like giving me advice on a church. Yeah. And so I, I picked up the phone to call this church that one of my friends had told me to go to. And I was going to visit on Wednesday night and call the wrong church. And it was because I was supposed to be calling a different one on Montgomery Crossroads, and I ended up calling um, Savannah Christian, and Cam answered the phone. Cam answered the phone? And um, he, you know, he talked to me for a few minutes. He said, come on down. It's Wednesday night, da 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 And um, so I did, and I introduced myself, and he said, I never answer the phone. And I was like, 
I guess I'm supposed to be here then. <laughs> Sign me up. My grandmother had cool. a problem with, with that at first because she came to the first service and they were, you know, our God is an awesome God. And she was like, what is that? Because <laughs> <laughs> she said she was old Baptist, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, they believe the same thing, I promise. <laughs> same Bible, same baptism, everything. You know. So anyway, pretty cool. That's cool. I didn't mean to get so far off topic. No, that's I fine. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. I um, I, I like that church a lot. Yeah, yeah. it's a great church. It, it is. is a great church. And, and it's great for kids. And so when people move, you know, that's one of the things a lot of people ask us. Who's your doctor? Who's your church? Who's your, you know. So I was like, well, these are the people. This is my world. Right. Doesn't mean it's the right world for you. But these are the things. That, this is what I do. Um, you know, because if you talk to Matthew, he would tell you a whole different, like he does a whole different thing. You know. Right, yeah. Um. And, uh, but there are a lot of people on my team that do go there. Um, and then there are, you know, I actually went to First Baptist in uh, Richmond Hill for a long time. That's a great church, too. You know, because I, because we moved out there, we moved on Kilkenny Road, and that was so far right. from Savannah <laughs> Christian on Tibet. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah, especially. <laughs> that was like forever. And the devil got in my house every single Sunday and didn't want me to go to church. <laughs> so um, we tried, we went there for a long time. And my grandchildren actually go there. Well, my, four-year-old doesn't anymore because she's in real school but my grandson goes to their um their school there oh really my son yeah. does too growing in the sun no 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 he goes to the first baptist one. Oh, the first baptist yeah, yeah. Oh, okay okay so um which is amazing that's an amazing school they're like i took my granddaughter all last year which was another whole experience <laughs> <laughs> because her daughter her mom's a kindergarten teacher yeah and so the time didn't work so i ended up taking her to school every day and uh they're just amazing. Like you walk in there and they're like, hi, hi, hi. And I was like, this is great. I want to go to school here. I want to stay and play. You know? I want to go sell real estate. So, it's very interesting. But it's another, but I've got deals from there too. You know, and I think that's what, that's what people don't understand. You know, like, it's like, I tell everybody, don't be a secret agent. It's okay for people to know that you're a real estate agent. So you just tell everybody. Heck yeah. Where am I? Little, I mean, I, st- I sold a house in um, Palm Springs one time. I live in Palm Springs. Like, I was Just, at a conference, and I had my tag on, and I was in TJ Maxx, because that is my favorite store, by the way. And um, the guy, or the lady that was at the thing said, Do you, are you a real estate agent? And I was like, yes, I am. And she said, I need to buy a house. And I said, you should. It's a, it's a great investment. She was like, yeah, I don't really know an agent. Can you sell me a house here? I said, absolutely cannot. But I'm at a conference. Right down the road, and I bet I can find somebody who can. And she said, really? So she gave me her name and number, and I went back, and I said, who lives here? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, they sold a house. I got a referral. It, it was a beautiful thing. That's pretty cool. Pay- are you are you only licensed here in Georgia? Uh, I am. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, the, the reason I thought about South Carolina and the reason I have not done that is because I feel like I know this market, and I've lived here forever, and I can pretty much tell anybody anything about this area and I'm from Millen. So, I mean, right. I can go up and down the seaboard, you know, but when you, um, take me over into Hilton Head and Bluffton, I don't know that I would, I don't know that I would be doing anybody a great service because I feel like I wouldn't be able to say, yes, this is the best deal right. or yes. Cause I don't know the market as well. It would take a lot of, um, I have some agents on my team who want to do that, go over there and, and work. So we're looking at that. Um, because they're from that area so if you know the area then by all means but if you don't know the area then 
are you really the best resource? Like I'd rather right. refer it. I have some referral partners across the river. I'd rather refer it to them and, and let them, you know, then I still look like a rock star. Right. You know, because I referred to this amazing agent over there who knows this market upside down. Right. So. Have you, um, so you're dabbling in maybe going to other states? Possibly. Not myself personally, but possibly. Like, would it be like still like, like, would, how would you do that then? Like open like another Remax? Thing? We're, we're, I don't know. We're working on it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, 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 it's got to make financial sense. Right. Like the older I've gotten, the more that I've like slowed down. <laughs> like, you know, my 25 year old self would have said, let's do it. Let's go. Right, yeah. You know? And of course now I'm, I'm at this age. I'm like, let's research that just a minute. <laughs> you know, let's see Get what, Hey, where's my numbers guy? Yeah. What does it take to do that? Like how many hoops do I have to jump through? And right. you know, how, how involved is that? And there's other things that maybe would be more beneficial for the team. Like maybe you get, like maybe you can get your South Carolina license and you can place it over there with my friend who's not going to charge you very much and you know you can I can get you leads and you can you know whatever we'll figure it out but um I'm not it's not a a burning nagging thing for me to do right this second I got yeah right now I got to worry about a venue right and and getting the paperwork signed and getting everything going on that like it'll take me a month or two I'm glad that it's happening this time of year yeah, when it's like a little slower. October, November, a little bit slower. December will possibly, is typically crazy. Really? In December? Yes. For you us, it is. That would be like the slowest month. I can tell you my secret. Anyone know my secret? What's the secret? I learned this a long time ago. Holidays and the entire month of December, there are a lot of agents who do not work. I do. And people are still buying, I'm guessing. I work harder. If it, you you very rarely will catch me out of town on a holiday weekend. A, I don't want to deal with all the crowds. And B, um, that's when everybody comes to town to look for houses. Most of the time. Everyone's while well, I'm full, but I I kind of learned that early on when people would want they'd say, oh, I got these clients coming in on July fourth and da da da. I'll work them for you. I'll give you a referral. <laughs> they're like, really? You're going to work on July 4th? Yes, ma'am. I have sold a house on pretty much every major holiday. That's crazy. Even Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday? Because I worked with them all day the Saturday before. And um, I can tell you what house it was. It, I mean, exactly. And um, then I sold it when they left. And I have sold it since. So, I, um, yes. That's it was in the crazy. afternoon. But, Yes. And I was like, it was in between, like, I got to go to this Easter egg hunt. Y'all got to sign this real quick, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you do what you got to do, right? Does your whole team do that now? Is that like this? Is that the whole? You know, I don't tell them what they have to do. That is a personal decision you have to make. And if you have little children, you might not be able to do that. Right. But, you know, my kids were older and they were, I, I think it, they were at their dad's anyway. I'm not sure. But, um, I wasn't taking anything away from anybody by going to do that for these people. But um, I think that that's a personal decision. How much, and, and that is part of like when we do our goal meetings and we do this every October. Um, in fact, we're, they're trying to kill me right now, trying to get through them all. Lord, <laughs> <laughs> help me. Um, and um, when we talk about that, it's not my goal, it's your goal. So I need to know what your goal is. And yes, it determines how many leads you get. Um, but if your goal is 24 for the year, 
then that's okay. If your goal is 70, that's okay. No matter which one it is, I'm going to try to help you get there. And I'm going to hold you accountable. So we're really huge on accountability in my office. That's great, though, I think. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's Loving contributed accountability. to your Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not being mean. No. <laughs> Although I will say I had a person on my team that was afraid of goats. And she told me that in her account of, in her goal meeting. So the whole year, whenever she was slacking, I would go by her and go, eh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I said, do you know what goat yoga is? Because I'm signing us up. Does she still work there? No. <laughs> Wait, She's really? still my friend, though. That's hilarious. I think she works for George. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I love her, though. I love her. It's okay. Like, not everybody's going to stay on my team forever. It's okay. Right. Yeah, that's the way it works. How did um how did COVID affect you guys? Like, was there did it go down at all, even for a minute, or was it just steady? You know, it really, um, it really didn't. I got off on I got out of a crew off a cruise on March thirteenth, mm-hmm. last cruise. Like, I didn't think we were going to get off. Like, it was that kind of thing. Like, we were the last cruise ship that came in Miami, and um, I got in my car and drove straight back to Georgia because <laughs> I was afraid they were going to shut Florida down, and. uh when I got in, because I've been on this cruise ship for six days, right. and I was kind of sheltered from what was really happening in the world, and um, I got back, and I was like, okay, we have to have a game plan. Like, we're going to work. We're going to let the agents not come in the office. Like, they can work, but they don't need to come in the office. We're going to limit you know, the traffic in the, you know, we did, we did lots of things and I said, everything's got to be virtual. Like we got to, we got to get every house on virtual. If we don't have a video, I need every, I need an army. I need y'all out doing it. So immediately we spent, I spent a ton of money and everything was virtual. Like every house had a video. Like even if it was a, you know, a $50,000 house, it had a video. Just like the 500000 or the $5 million house. They all had videos. They all had everything. It was all posted online. You know, so, and we did a lot of virtual walkthroughs for people. So, we didn't really. Like, we had the best March we've ever had. The year was going to be amazing. And then COVID hit. Um, April was not bad because we still had the March things. Right. Um, May was not as amazing as it usually is. And then June came back. Okay. So, you know, because we didn't stop working. Like, the, there were a few people on my team. Again, personal decision. If you don't want to work, stay home. But I'm shutting your leads off. Just know. You can work the leads that you have. But, you know, the people who actually can work or, or, and want to work are going to work. Right. And it, But if you don't feel comfortable, then that's okay. You know, personal decision. So, that is kind of how we did it. Is everybody kind of back now? Oh, yeah. Everybody's oh, yeah. back. They've been back forever. Oh, okay. I have two moms that, because they live in Chatham County and the yeah. schools aren't open completely, that they um, are are doing the best they can, you know. But it's okay. I just saw this crazy, actually I heard it on the radio this morning, crazy statistic that 850,000 women have been forced out of the workplace back at home to care for kids because of COVID. I would lose my mind. <laughs> I think like, that they were like doing like a comparison, of like how many yeah. men have been forced home. It was like 210,000. Yeah. It's pretty I, crazy. I mean, over a million people altogether forced home. Yeah. It, it's it. And, and none of them are happy about it. <laughs> no, yeah. 
My daughter stayed home. I mean, she's a kindergarten teacher. Yeah. And she, um, you know, was home that last part of the school year last year. And she could not wait to get back to school. Like, she was chomping at the bit to get back to real school. And, um, of course, Ryan County is hybrid. So, you can do either or. Although, I don't know how you do a kindergartner virtual. Like, they have attention span of a gnat. So, I don't know how. Like, I wouldn't want to be the mom that was trying to keep my kindergartner focused on the screen right but um that's not my problem i don't have one <laughs> <laughs> so. um shifting topics a little bit okay so savannah real estate market mm-hmm. i'm coming to you i want to buy a house in the fastest appreciating neighborhood something that's going to be appreciating for the next five ten years where are you sending me the fastest appreciating yeah like what neighborhood do you think has the most potential you think i have a crystal ball (laughs) (laughs) i mean like from an investor perspective right i mean obviously you must work with investors right i do i do what neighborhood do you think is poised personal opinion right obviously if you're this is not investment advice go seek yeah 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 Yeah, all that all that disclosure stuff but from a personal opinion standpoint what neighborhood in savannah do you think is kind of poised for the most growth in the next five, ten years. You know, I still think downtown's a great market, if that's your, if that's your cup of tea. You know, I still think it's a great market, and there's still some fixer uppers, and there's still some good deals down there. But there's also some high priced stuff down there that's not a good deal. But we are seeing bidding wars everywhere. If I were, were going, if you were an investor and you came to me, I would tell you to hold your money. Really. And I have told people that hold on to your money because when the market changes and the interest rate goes up a little bit and it will change because it always does. That's when you need to, that's when you need to buy stuff. So do you think that there's going to, so there, you think there's a sell off coming? Well, I mean, I don't road. think it's going to be like 2007. Right. Like we're not, we didn't do the same things. Yeah. So I don't think it's gonna be like that. But I think that once this little kind of hype goes away, that, that's when I mean I'm holding my money I mean and that is something that we've been told in coaching too is to hold hold your money like you know save your money you can't have enough cash right now and and I mean I believe that and of course COVID has helped me save money (laughs) (laughs) I've been able to go anywhere (laughs) no vacay this year (laughs) but um Anyway, I've been uh, I've been doing I've been hoarding money too and just throwing everything in my savings account because it, unless I get a good deal like the townhouse that I bought this year was a rental that I managed and and she didn't want to uh, she didn't want to deal with she had a tenant in it and she just wanted to sell it and she gave told me what how much and I said I can put it on the market for you, you can get twenty thousand dollars more and she said I don't want it I just want to be done I was like okay. Of course, then I ended up putting $20,000 in it when the tenant left. Uh. (laughs) But, you know, whatever, you know, it's all relative. She would have had to do it, too, um, because it was, had been, had renters in it for 10 years. But um, I think that um, there's lots of little pockets that, that people are, are starting to see. You know, just like Ardsley didn't used to be a big deal. And now everybody wants to be living Ardsley. Yeah. You know, and 10 years ago, nobody wanted to live downtown, you know. Um, people have wanted to live in Richmond Hill forever. So, I mean, that's always been. Yeah. Richmond Hill's always been. Yeah. Strong. Probably will always be. Strong. Um, and, and of course, you know, Effingham too. Hinesville's pretty much already been flipped. Um, but of course 
it always needs flipping too. <laughs> <laughs> I've so, actually been seeing a lot of investors move into Hinesville. Yeah, it seems like. yeah. absolutely. Because it's a re- the rental market is there. What I've seen this year is a lot of rentals sell. Yeah. I mean, because who wants to deal with it with the uncertainty of well, whether or not you can evict and. But they could too, because the market was so hot and we had such bidding wars on everything. So even if there were, this is one of the few times since I've been selling real estate that it was not so hard to sell a house with a tenant in it. You know, people, people would buy it. So tenants in it. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy, but cause I usually suggest that you wait till the tenant has moved out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> cause tenants don't usually like for you to show the house, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I don't know that there's a lot of pockets. It, again, it comes down to where you want to be too. Cause a lot of investors especially really have an, a niche. They know where they want to be. They know what they want. I want a, a duplex or I want this or I want that. I want this side of town, that side of town. You know, I have a friend who's an investor who does um, all of hope in the landings. That's all he does. He don't want to talk about anything else. Dang. That's all he wants to do. It's two really tough markets right now. But that's all he wants to do. So if you, so that's the kind of investor that I talk to most of the time. They're people that I've worked with for a long time. Yeah. And they're like, if you come across a good deal. And, of course, the team will, every Monday morning when we have our meeting, that's that's one of our line items is any good deals. Did, it, did anybody see any good deals this week? Because I'm trying to teach my team, too, to be investors. Like, you're in real estate. You should buy real estate right. and not just the house that you live in. Like, you should be an investor. You know, my daughter's an investor. Um, I'm hoping the second one, she's 23. She's building a house, though, at 23. So I'm like, oh. She's listening. <laughs> the 21-year-old is not. <laughs> but eventually, maybe. So. I mean, real estate's one thing they're not making any more of, right? Right. That's the saying. Yeah. And it, yeah. Yeah, God doesn't make any more land. Right. So. Um, so, I'll ask a day one investor. Mm-hmm. What would you tell them? Somebody's coming in the industry right now. And what, what are you, what, what, what's, what would make them successful? No, not investor. I'm sorry. Real estate agent. Oh, real estate. Yeah, I was going to say yeah, yeah, investor. No, no, no. no okay. we were just talking. Yeah, yeah, sorry. No, no, no. Um, Agent coming in. Well, okay. So this actually was asked earlier on one of the real estate pages. She said, I just got my license. Tell me, and I don't know, even know where the girl lived, but tell me what you would do. And I said, I would associate myself with the best team in the area that shared my same mindset and culture. And I would do that for a year or two because you get instant um, leads. You've got um, instant credibility because you're part of a team that already has a name. Right. Um, they've got systems and processes and mark. Like I have, I have two marketing people that work on my team. I have two transaction coordinators. They're not going to let you miss a deadline. You know, I have an office manager. I have a rental department. I have four ISAs that do nothing but call leads and and you know do that all day long. Um, not to mention the 20 agents that are on the team that you can ask a question to all day long. You know, we use Slack. So a lot of times people put on there and say, hey, I can't show this agent at four, this client at 4 o'clock and somebody else open the door for me. Like, so they help each other. And they're like, that's the thing that you're missing when you're a single agent. Like, if I had had that when I started, like, I would have jumped all over that. Because my learning curve would have been nothing. 
compared to what it was. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, why did I need to learn everything all over, you know, recreate this wheel when I could be on a team for a year or two and do great, make a living, you know, because what is it? 80 something percent of all real estate agents fail the first year. Yeah. Oh, it's some crazy. Yeah. Statistic. I think it's like one of the highest turnover yeah. industries in the country. It's crazy. And then it's even higher than that, that make less than $50,000 a year. Why would you do this and put yourself through this? Yeah. For less than $50,000 a year. That's crazy. It's crazy. Like, I don't, I mean, because this isn't a, you know, I say you're not supposed to be emotional because the client is, but it does get emotional for us because we know their stories and we know their life and we know it's the single biggest investment they're going to make um, probably in their entire life. Yeah. Even if it's their third house, it's still a huge investment. So it is very personal and emotional for everybody. So I don't understand why you would want to do it if you weren't, you know, making decent money at it. Well, I think the same thing could be said to anything though, right? Like why would you want to do anything if you're not gonna be the best? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't, my goal is always to do better than I did last year, even if it's by one. Right. You know, and so, you know, last year we, we did 557. And so this year for 2020, they wanted to do 650. And I was like, y'all are killing me. (laughs) Just (laughs) killing me. But okay. And and they're going to hit 650. Like it's going to happen. Even with COVID. That's crazy. And, and I'm scared to death with what number next year is. Like I'm like. <sighs> <laughs> like I'm, in, I'm exhausted thinking about it. You know. Because what it does for me is it makes. It gives. You know. It's a lot of pressure for any team leader. Because it's not just you that is surviving. It's all these people. You know. Because my staff is all. You know. They're. I had to pay all their salary, or the team does not. Right, me. yeah. It's paying all their salary. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's, it's a lot of pressure to, to help that many people succeed on a right. And I don't do it alone. I have a lead buyer's agent um, that helps a lot. She's warm and fuzzy. <laughs> She's a mentor. Has it gotten easier over time? Like, because I'm, I'm guessing when you first started hiring employees, that pressure would have been yes. worse yes. than it is now. Yeah, I don't worry about it so much now. I don't because there's a flow and I have a savings account. <laughs> but <laughs> there's a flow, which is like when COVID hit. Yeah. And everybody was very concerned about that. And I said, you know, here's the deal. I have always taken care of you and I always will. And if this building starts burning, I'll carry everyone out of here on my back. I have money. We will use it. But we will all survive. And that is exactly, you know, what would have happened if we needed to. Because that's what you do when you love people. And I love my team. Like I love them personally. Like I know things about them. We have all cried together. We have celebrated together. Like they are my people and God forbid anybody mess with them. Cause I'll take you out. Like ask any agent in this town who has <laughs> like I, I, that's the only time I get upset is if you try to be ugly to somebody on my team or my family. Those are non-negotiables for me. That's pretty cool. I'm sure, I'm guessing that morale is high on the up. You probably don't have a lot of turnover, do you? You know, I, I I have quick turnover. So if somebody joins the team and they don't fit in, they're gone quick. Right. You know, they can say they want to do it and they get in there and they see how it goes and they'll either, they're either there for a long time or they don't stay at all. Like I probably have six, six or seven agents on the team that have been there five years, that which does. is unheard of for a team. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, you know, we take care of each other like we just do. And uh, and I love them. They are my family, you know, my other family. Right. 
What's your um? I don't know how much you can talk on this, but like, what's your plan going forward? Like, do you have like a five year vision or like a ten year vision for like where you want to be? Sometimes I don't have a five minute vision. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, I I just want to continue the path that we're on. Like I, you know, people have talked to me about all these satellite offices, and you know, I have a friend. <laughs> bless his heart from San Diego who is like this week opening satellite offices in Texas and I'm just like why you don't live in Texas you live in San Diego market's hot (laughs) you still live in San Diego (laughs) how are you going to manage people in Texas all those people are moving from San Diego to Texas (laughs) whatever you can sell their houses and catch them on the back I guess I guess but um I'm not trying to that's not who I'm trying to be at this point in my life like if somebody on my team wants to pick up that baton and run with it, then I'm, I'm happy to back them. But that's not who I'm trying to be. Um, I just want to continue to grow, be successful, be the best person that I can. And, you know, if opportunities arrive, like the venue, then I'll take them. But um, I really just want to enjoy my life and, and do good things. I want to spend more time doing the, doing the things that are important. Right. You know, that's kind of where I'm at right now. But... You know, I like, and I like the traveling and I like the, I like speaking on stage and I like, you know, doing stuff like that, that, that affords me, um, the opportunity to not do some of the other stuff. Right. So, um, you know, whatever works, it's all working right now. When it stops working, I'll do something different. Yeah. Do you, um, I don't know if you answered this earlier in the podcast, but do you coach other people like for a fee? Um, I am certified to coach other people. I do not have time to coach other people. <laughs> I have, there's a book that was on the bestseller list a couple of years ago. Well, how old is broke? 23, probably four years ago. Cause I was coming back from a George, my, my middle daughter was a, a cheerleader at George Southern. I was coming back from the game and I was listening to it on podcast and it, it's profanity. The name of the book is profanity. So I won't say it out loud, but it was all about saying no to people. Um, and how to get your life back, kind of. So I listened to this book, and I really started. And then I, got, I bought the book so that I could highlight it because I'm a highlighter. Okay. And um, so I started, like, putting that into practice in my life. Like, how can I? I need to start saying no to people that, like, I need to focus. Like, what's really important? Right. Like, I, I, I want to do this. I want Like, almost back to Stephen Covey stuff, you know, what's. What's important and critical, you know? And so I started saying no to some of the auxiliary stuff. Or I would say, you know, my calendar doesn't allow for that, but can I give you a donation? Or can I send somebody in my place? Or I can't be on your your board, but I can send somebody else, you know, or things like that. So um, that helped me get some of my time back. I forgot what the question was. Oh, dang. Did you forget the Yeah, I forgot did? too. <laughs> I'm listening to you. I'm just like trying to think about what you're saying, and I can't remember. What was my original question? I don't um, know. Oh, coaching. Mm. Coaching. Coaching. Yeah, I yeah, just yeah. got it too. But um, I coach the team, and at some point I probably will be a coach um, and, and work from home or whatever. But my coach told me that um, because there's a requirement of how many you take, that um, I I would probably it would probably just stress me out too much, and she's right, and I would lose money, and she's right. 
<laughs> so um, that whole holding accountable thing again, because at first I was like, yes, I want to do this. This would be great. Right, this would be yeah. awesome. I'll be able to change all these people's lives. And then she was like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it was actually, she's, she's right. Like after thinking about it and really, she's right. I coached 20 people plus yeah. my staff on a regular basis. Not to mention the other Remax agents when they need me, you know, you know, I'll help them too. So I feel like I make a difference in a lot of people's lives already, you know. So I don't feel the need to go out and do some additional. I did have a girl in Charleston call me not so long ago, and I coached her for about a month um, at no charge. Like, I don't know her, but. She just cold called you? She just called me and said that actually my Zillow rep told her to call me. And, and that happens a lot. Like I'll have somebody that will call me and say, Hey, so-and-so told me to call you because you have a similar situation or you started this way or you have this or you went through this or whatever. And I don't mind doing that at all. Like, and I'm not going to charge eBay for that because guess what? When I need something, you better be ready to answer it, you know, or, you know, if you got a referral for Savannah, Georgia, you better not forget. (laughs) Yeah. And I have friends like that all the time. Like if you'll go on the site, she'll see. You know, there's like, there's probably 20 of them that if anybody says Savannah on any of those real estate sites, they're like, Teresa Carroll, Teresa Carroll, Teresa Carroll. And I do the same thing for them, If I, but I'm not on Facebook as much as they are, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, if you if I think of a town, I can say, you know, if you think of Tampa, I think Janet Moore. If you think of Dallas, I think Stephanie Deeds. If you think of, um, oh, where does she live in Missouri? Anyway, Mandy, I, I've got friends everywhere, and I like that. Michigan. Oh, God, I don't know about Michigan. What? I probably do. Oh, Beth. Beth. Um, I can't think of her last name. She talks like she's from Michigan. I always do the um, Minnesota. Minnesota. Minnesota yeah. accent. <laughs> but it's Michigan. Yeah. We don't um, sound like that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> she tells me all the time. She goes, I don't live in, I don't live in Michigan. Or whatever. Minnesota. You know what I'm saying? Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. Michigan. Yeah. Like, whatever. Um, but yeah, there's a. And tons of them in California, obviously. Yeah. Um, my friend in Carmel taught me how to play blackjack in Vegas. You know, so it's just like, <laughs> we have skills. We got skills now. <laughs> well, and your net, like, I don't I think this is a sensitive way to put it, but your network becomes your net worth, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's important yeah. To, to build that network out, right? And if you told me that 20, 25 years ago, I would have went, whatever. You know, I got friends. I don't need more friends. So, like, you weren't working on your network at all before you... I, I never this. consciously did it. And I still don't consciously do it. Like, there are people I like and there are people I don't like. And so, if I don't like you, I'm not going to network you. Right. Like, it doesn't really matter if I feel like you can add monetary value to my life or not. Like, there's people that I just don't like. And I'm not going to hang out with you at any conference, anytime, anywhere. <laughs> for any amount of money. Like, I'm just not because I don't like you. Right. But then there's other people that I love to death. And, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally hanging out with you. You know, I, I'll do, you know, whatever. So, um, and it's not about money. But, you know, and I love that they'll call me and ask me questions or whatever. And, and vice versa. That you could actually, you know, I wouldn't sell, Calif- sell real estate in California for any amount of money. Yeah, I mean. Because yeah. they're crazy out there. Like, they, they, uh, they got way too many 
documents. <laughs> <laughs> our um, some of our partners are based out of California, and uh, they told us we can invest anywhere in the country, but not in California or New York. <sighs> California's crazy, and they live there. Like they like literally, you have to do everything before you ever write the contract because there is no buyer beware. There's nothing when you write that contract, you buy in this house. Well, you can't like back because you can't back out. What there happens? is no due diligence. You're buying it or you're getting sued. What? Yep. There's no due diligence? Mm-mm, nothing. You do it all before you write the contract. What? And the contract's like a five zillion pages long. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of that. Is California the only state that's like that? That you know of? It's the only one I know of. I mean, I, I'm sure there are others probably yeah. all on the West Coast. But, <laughs> <laughs> but my, when they tell me these things, I'm like, oh my God, I could never do this. Yeah, that'd be terrible. Like, what if you get, like, but they do everything ahead of time. And then they also, like, will put in the MLS, like, taking offers until this day. All offers will be reviewed on this day because they can. Yeah. Thank goodness we don't do it that way. Although the last couple months, it's been a little crack right here. What if you, like, put a house under contract and then you're, like, the mortgage company says no bueno? I don't know. I guess you got to figure that out before you get up there. Mm-hmm. That's serious. That's crazy. I'm surprised yeah. they don't have like a solution for that, like a pre-contract contract. Like I a don't need to. That's a need to know, and I don't need to know. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's kind of the way I feel yeah, about yeah, it. It's yeah. like if I have a person that wants to buy a house in California, I'm going to send it to right. one of my friends, and I'm not going to worry about them. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to say, "Here you go. <laughs> Get ready." <laughs> uh, this might be a little bit of a tougher question for you because you actually listen to so many. Normally, oh, the promise people don't listen to any. What is your, uh, like, who are you listening to right now, like, podcast-wise? Like, what's your favorite podcast? What's your favorite audible book? Where, where, where are you getting information from? Where's your... Um, I listen, yeah, I listen to stuff all the time. Like, I love, love, love Minute with Maxwell every morning. And if you look, Dr. Um, John Maxwell, who's actually a pastor. Um, it's it's one minute. Like, it's super Sounds quick. Really familiar. I listen to it every... He's written a ton of books. Um, but I listen to Minute with Maxwell every day. Um, it's It's a minute. You know, I have a routine. I get up at 5 a.m. every morning mm-hmm. and, you know, the whole shower, get ready, whatever, whatever. And then um, it's like motivational prayer, whatever. Telling myself how amazing I am, affirmations, yeah. you know. You got like this, in the girl. Mirror? You got this. <laughs> this is going to be a good day. Anybody can steal your joy today. You got this. All day long, you can keep it. Um, every, all day long, they try to steal my joy. And all day long, I try to keep it. <laughs> I keep telling myself, choose joy, choose joy. Choose not to kill them. Choose joy. You know? <laughs> um. But yes, Minute with Maxwell is every day. Love um, Gary V. Okay, yeah, I love Gary. Even v. though I don't love his language, but I love him. Yeah. Um, I actually had a girl sit with me in a conference in uh, California one time and do a little tape marks so of how many times he dropped dropped the f bomb. Um, how many times? Uh, One hundred and thirty-two. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah. He's calmed down a little bit. Like that was probably six years seven years ago yeah his videos in the last couple of years a are a little bit more yeah, mellow, he, yeah i think somebody finally got to him or he mellowed with age i'm not sure which but he's, well, he's dealing with bit. multi like companies that are worth billions of dollars right like at some point you gotta yes yeah yeah uh yeah <sighs> i wish i'd listened to him many 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 times and invested in companies he told me to but i did not <laughs> <sighs> lord help me um Uh, what is the book? Or, uh, what got you here won't get you there. It's an older book, but we're rereading that. The team's rereading that. Okay. Um, so we are we are doing that. We try to read like I try to let them choose the books. Yeah. So a lot of these books I've already read, but that is the book that we are reading right now. 
which I'm guessing is kind of like the same as what made you a hundred thousand dollars won't make you a million. Yeah, you just have it's a mindset shift. Like you know, this might have gotten you to this point, you know, four years ago, but now you have to do something different. You know, and um, but everybody that comes on my team has to read um, Miracle Morning. Okay. Which is Miracle Morning for real estate agents, if we're going to get specific, because I want you to get into the habit of getting up and 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 having a schedule of a day and um the slight edge because you need to realize that there are little things that you do in your life that make a big difference over time and that's what that's about um and then there's uh, some other ones that are are on the list that we give them that they should read or listen to um, and then they come around every once in a while you know one of the their favorites is the energy bus and it's just a little tiny book yeah what's it about it's just about your attitude you know the the husband's it's like his car breaks down and his wife can't drive him to work and he has to get on the bus but the bus driver is like this happy amazing person and so every morning he gets on the bus for this week and she's like hey and, you know and she's just happy and whatever and by the end of the week she's got him converted you know and so now <laughs> his job is better and his home life is better and it's all because of this bus driver um so anyway i mean just I think that people just, if you don't focus on your your mindset, you forget about it, and then you get into this, like, I mean, life is tough, right? Yeah. So you got to you gotta work on, you know, what was it, Zig Ziglar said, check up from the neck up? Yeah. I you mean, know, you can you only control keep, what you can control. Yeah. Yeah, and you can't control everything that's going on, but you can control how you feel and how you react to people. Yeah. And, you know, you can make the, the ladies' day at Hardee's really great, or really not great. Right. You know, so I think that um, it's, you know, I had them all stand up and do the wobble in my um, office about three weeks ago because it was that kind of day. Yeah. And I just pulled up my phone and I was like, Amazon Music. And I started playing it in the hallway. I was like, everybody on the hall. <laughs> and they were like, what? I was like, I don't even know how to do this dance, but we're doing it right now. <laughs> I was surprised at how many people in my office didn't know how to do it. Though. <laughs> so uh, we were just wobbling in the hall. And then I said, okay, now. We can all go back to our regularly scheduled day, <laughs> but with a smile on your face and realize that, you know, it's not as serious as y'all are trying to make it today. Like, let's, right. let's just, I mean, let's try to have fun with this. And uh, sometimes you just got to break it. You just got to break the cycle. It's a bad day. Let's turn it around. Like let's wine in the sand. Like we're not going any farther. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's a big metal sign in my office that says I choose joy. And that is my mantra every single day. I choose joy. Like, I'm going to be this way all day long. How long did it take you to get to that point, though? <sighs> like, how many years of practice? When did you start that journey? Even in my 20s. Like, in my, my, my grandmother was always happy yeah. and whatever. But, um, you know, there was, I've always been happy, but I did have RBF. Um, What's RBF? Resting bitch face. Oh, okay. Sorry. So, I had to learn how to smile. Yeah. And not have people think that I was mad at them. My middle daughter has it too. Because um, people are more receptive when they think you're happy and smiling, right? Right. And then I realized that you can't, it's hard to smile when you really don't feel it inside. Yeah. You know, and then it was just kind of a work in progress. Like I've not had, like I've I've not had a Pollyanna life, you know, been through some divorces and you know raise my kids and and you know it's not been all you know kicks and giggles but you get through it 
And the only thing you control is you. You know, I think that I pretty much was in my 30s when I was driving down 95 one day and I was very mad at my current boss then and um just said you know what I can't control her can only control me and how I feel about her and how I feel about life and so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna work on me and let her let God work on her you know and just not worry about it and that's exactly what I did and of course you know didn't work there that much longer but um it didn't matter. And she's still my friend. <laughs> but at the time, I was like, I ready to kill her. Right. You know? But, um, you know, you can only do, you can only work on yourself. You can't, the rest of the world, you cannot change. But you can change you and how people perceive you and how you affect other people. And I don't want to affect, and I know that I do. I know I'm not perfect. But I try not to affect other people in a negative way. Like, and so when I have my days, you know, I try to kind of joke it off and apologize or whatever and get through it. And they all know that I love them. And like one day I said, I think one of, I think I'm in a really bad mood and one of us needs to leave. This is when I just had one assistant and she, and she said, um, or no, she said it to me. She said, you're in a really bad mood. One of us needs to leave. And I said, well, I'm the boss. so I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, good, goodbye. <laughs> but I was like, you know, if she didn't love me, she wouldn't be able to say that to me. Right. Right. So, and she's still my friend too. <laughs> That's hilarious. I think the, uh, the happiness thing is really interesting to me just because I think so many people are unhappy. Everybody's trying yeah. to be happy, right? I'm very happy. I'm very secure with who I am and I'm, I'm, I'm happy in general with my life. Now, it, nothing, my life is not perfect, but I'm happy. I choose to be happy. I choose to deal with things as they come and they come every day, all day long. But I'm not going down that hole with them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to stay up here and deal with it, you know, and, and, you know, maybe that's a gift. I know I have people in my life that are super, like, I don't talk to my mother very much. <laughs> <laughs> She's very negative. <laughs> so that was going to actually be another question. So yeah. like part of the happiness thing. So do you have to cut out all kinds of people that are negative? I do. I don't cut them out. I just limit my time with them. My grandmother said, if you hang out with dogs, you're going to get fleas. Yeah. Same same philosophy, right? If you hang, you are what is it? You're a culmination of the five people you hang around the most. Yep. Show so me. if I hang around with just negative people or worry people or people that get in trouble or people that whatever, then that's who I'm going to become. If I hang around with positive, uplifting people, that's who I'm going to become. And and like that's what coaching has helped me do too. Is I hang out with all these positive people, who are doing amazing things. So I become a positive person who does amazing things. Right. So that, you know, that's my goal is, is to keep doing that and, and never go back there with those negative people. (laughs) (laughs) No drama, no negativity. Those are the rules on the team. Those will get, those things will get you fired, get you sent home or get you to be successful. Asked to be successful somewhere else. <laughs> we try not to be negative. Firing is negative. So we just would like for you to be successful somewhere else. <laughs> Have you had anybody, I know you said, I'm guessing the answer is going to be no because of the motto about the heart. You can't change somebody's heart. But have you ever had somebody come to your team who was that way and yes. now is not that way? Oh, 
like who was negative and then by working with y'all are no longer negative. I have pe- I have had people who not negative, maybe worried, like okay. worriers and stuff like that that are less worriers. I actually have one now. She knows she's, she knows she's that girl. Like she knows she is. Uh, every time we have a hurricane, I'm like, yeah, you better not be on the internet checking that hurricane again. Like I don't, I ain't worried about that hurricane. We got three days. You know? So, but you know, those people have a place in your life. Like yeah. you just, you just have to. Like she's super analytical in the job she has. Is she that's what's required. So, I mean, you need risk assessors, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I mean, she balances me. Teresa, you really got to get in your car and go to the house. Like, they're saying they're fixing to block the roads off. You know, it's like, okay, fine. <laughs> you know, so you do need those people in your life. Yeah. But um, to say that, you know, my mom calls me and says, I know you don't want to hear anything negative, but I really need to tell you what the doctor just said. <laughs> you know, or <laughs> stuff like that. I'm like, okay, you got like three minutes. <laughs> you know, so that that's just our world because I just don't, it's not that I don't want to hear bad news, but I don't want to dwell on that kind of stuff tell me what you got to tell me and let's find a solution and move on let's don't dwell on it i think that's a good note to end on yeah okay good deal all right thanks Teresa. you're welcome thanks for having me (laughs) you're welcome thanks for coming on